Welcome to the Concord Podcast. I'm your host, Samuel Delgado. I'm joined your day with Pastor David King, and we interview Richard Henderson. This was a super encouraging interview. I say that every time, right? <laughs> yeah, Richard is just a joy to talk to. The grace of God in his life is evident. Two of the things that I would highlight that were super meaningful, you know, one of which was his transition out of Catholicism into, I guess, Protestantism, but, you know, more specifically, just hearing the Word of God and hearing the Gospel and how that impacted his life. It's so encouraging. And then also the way that he has integrated his faith with his coaching, Richard to coach at Macaulay. And I think it's just a, a model in many ways of how our faith is meant to impact every facet of our lives, from marriage to parenting to whatever vocation a person is in, coaching or otherwise. So I think there's a lot here for us to learn and be encouraged by. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's hear some stories. All right, well, Richard, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I'm excited to, to get into this. Uh, why don't we start just a little bit uh, how you grew up and how you came to know Christ? I um, grew up in a big family. Um, my parents, June and Richard, had four kids, and I'm the oldest of the four kids. Um, and then Eric is my next brother down, John, and then uh, Rachel. And we were all close um, almost a year or so, oh, cool. a couple years apart. So um, kind of all grew up together, which was good. And um, I grew up Catholic. Um, my mom was from Illinois, and her dad um, got relocated for work in Chattanooga. <laughs> and um, so we grew up going to St. Stephen's Catholic Church. I think uh, my mom and her sisters went to school there um, when they were younger. Um, and and so kind of before I met Brooke, my wife, um, I hadn't spent a whole lot of time in a Baptist church. Um, with friends and that kind of thing um, from time to time, maybe a sleepover or something. But my um, my eyes were open quite a bit in um, hearing God's Word preached consistently um, here at Concord. And um, there's so much to say really about all this, but I should probably back up and say that um, testimonies really make me um, nervous because um, – I don't have a huge moment, and I don't have a, um, I don't have a, a big story. I can just testify that um, I became very aware of my sin, and um, not just outward things that people saw in me, but things that were going on in my own heart, desires I'd have, and um, things I wanted to give myself to, and feelings I had towards other people, anger, frustration, the way I treated other people. And um, that that started happening even as I was still uh, very active in our Catholic Church. Um, and um, over time, the Lord just continued to work on my heart and, um, and make me aware, uh, very keenly aware of my sin to the point of it being a heavy burden. Um, even still, you know, I, some, I, I repeatedly have to remind myself that I am free in the blood of Christ. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm washed clean. I'm, I'm no longer under the burden um, that I feel often. But um, so along that path, uh, kind of late in high school, early in college, I 
um, was getting more involved in the Catholic Church, just individually. Like my family had always been involved, but more uh, Bible study, le- trying to be involved in groups, um, extra study after church, and that kind of thing. And I, I'm so grateful that, to God that He organized things that way, um, because it's it's helped me now. It's increased a hunger for being fed and taught God's Word now. You know that I couldn't say that I would um, I would necessarily have if it had just always been there, um, mm-hmm. because there was a pretty big contrast in the way that I grew up doing church and the way that uh, we now participate at Concord as a family. Um, and so towards the end of um, high school, I had met Brooke at a summer job. Uh, which was all the Lord's work. Uh, my football coach had recommended a place for me to go work, and it was where she was already working. And um, we started dating and so on. So I started to come to church here. And and for a while, I was trying to um, stay very faithful to my Catholic responsibilities, hmm. some, some because um, family. I mean, I, I struggled thinking about disappointing my Parents and my, their, our family is large. Like there, my mom has six children in her family. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of aunts and, and uncles, and um, so I was actually going to church at both places for a while. Oh wow! And trying to walk this tightrope, I guess, of keeping it all in balance, and um, and just over time, the Lord continued to. Um, grow my heart and my affection for him and in particular just thinking about being washed clean by Christ's blood um, and, and again some of that was he started some of that in the Catholic Church and I remember in particular like um, during communion just feeling God's reminder that I'm washed clean um, at the time I think some of my beliefs were slightly misplaced in terms of what scripture has to say about um, communion being the actual body and blood of Jesus Christ, which I would at the time would have told you that's what I believe, but I believe that because that's really kind of all I had been taught. Right. Um, But even then, and the reason I bring that up, because I think it's really important that there's no bounds on God. Hmm. There's not a certain denomination or certain church that He needs to start working. Hmm. There's not a certain path that He needed in my life. He knew the kind of path that He had. And um, and he used it, and um, and he used Brooke and Pastor David and God's Word here to continue to prick at things that I thought to be truths that um, it took some time to undo. You know, um, whether it was communion or confession or you know, just there's a lot of differences. Yeah. Um, and in no way do I want anyone listening to this to feel um, like I'm picking on Catholics because, again, I think that um, God can save and God means to save. And it might be um, through a different denomination, but I do believe going forward from there that God's Word was the clear differentiator for me. It was what exposed mm-hmm. my faulty thinking. It was what convicted me. It was what hemmed me in. It's what held me accountable, because as I continued to be taught, I continued to be opened up, and mm-hmm. and and had to deal with some of the things that I that I thought to be truths that, 
you know, um, I, I wouldn't say that I believe they are anymore. Um, so the reason that testimonies make me anxious is because I, I don't really have one that fits into maybe the mold of all of them. Yeah. But I can say that I have a heart that's wretched and that I can clearly detect it. And that I used to not be able to detect it, and I can clearly tell you that the only hope I have is for is Jesus's blood, and it's um, it's not something that I'm going to be able to earn or be good enough. Or I think I used to really try to check the boxes, and mm-hmm. and I still still do fall into that very often, um, but am reminded quickly that I there is no good enough in me, and um, so. I don't know if that answers enough of what you're looking for. Yeah, no, I think that's that, that's really helpful because um, I know I, I sort of felt like that uh, for for a while as well. You know, you hear certain testimonies and you feel like you you have to know the day, um, you know, and and you have to have this this moment uh, where everything changed. Um, and I think it's helpful to hear that that God can can use any any setting to, to bring someone to Himself. Uh, so I, I think that's fantastic. I love hearing your story, Richard, and just hearing it again after it's been so long since we've talked about it has been encouraging to me. And just seeing God's grace come in after you, and what else can you attribute it to except His grace and that He would set His love on you, and it's a beautiful thing to see. Well, thank you. Yeah, so you've already touched on this uh, quite a bit, um, and you mentioned there was the, the, the truth uh, of the Word that was sort of what divided the beliefs that you kind of grew up under and, and, and sort of changed that. Um, to talk about, you know, a little more about how you served here and, and kind of what were some of the catalysts that, that brought about um, that change in, in, in your thinking um, since you've been here. One thing I probably left out um, is, you know, the Lord uses so many different people in so many different ways, and they're all um, they're all having an impact on someone in a timely manner, but they may not all know each other, you know. Um, and there were some coaches along the way. Joe Wingate is one of them. Um, it, Sterling Jaton, who was also involved at the school I was coaching at, we would be doing FCA. Um, coaches Bible studies together and so and so the Lord started to use these common these people who had a common framework for belief in God's word to be um, in my life and I, what I was hearing here was what I was hearing in our FCA Bible study and, and what I was hearing in my conversations with other men who love Jesus and uh, again like Pastor David said that wasn't something that I was orchestrating or like systematically putting together, I I only do well at explaining it, kind of looking back and seeing God's mercy and His Mm -hmm. grace. And But as it was unfolding, I could not have articulated it very well for you in terms of what was going on. But um, he he was doing all of those things um, in such a merciful, gracious way especially when I consider the depth of my sin. And even then, how I was continuing in sin at times and, and trying to run my own way. And um, he still, to this day, pursues and puts those some of those same men to encourage and, um, and so on. So um, in terms of serving here, we have two kids, Heath and Sadie. 
And um, we spent a lot of time in um, helping in the the younger kids' classes. Um, just this fall, we started helping with Wellspring kids, mm-hmm. uh, which has been which has been a good experience. But we've helped on Sunday mornings quite a bit in the um, in the younger kids' classes. Awesome. Um, yeah. Cool. Um, I think it's so cool that God has used other godly men to help bring about some of those, you know, that change and sort of reinforce what you're hearing here uh, at church because you are a football coach and and you're help, helping shape the lives of other young men. Uh, talk about how does your worldview um, direct how you do that? Well, um, like when I talk to other coaches, I work specifically in strength and conditioning. So I, I do train the football team, but I also train basketball, lacrosse, baseball. Everyone at the school that I, at Macaulay that is involved in athletics and is a part of our strength program, we train them. Um, so it's not just football. Um, but I don't think you can really coach well without a clear worldview. Um, because you're blown by every emotion and every every um, situation that comes by has its own pitfalls. You know, um, sometimes it's easy as a coach to want to give grace in a situation when grace is not needed. You know, mm-hmm. may, maybe discipline and maybe rebuke is needed. And in other times, it might be easier, especially sometimes for my personality, maybe to not give grace and to be hard on someone when they needed grace. So apart from God's guiding spirit um, and wisdom, being able to discern what's needed now, what's needed for this person now, Hmm. um, is critical in leadership, period, whether you're coaching or or whatever you're doing. Um, So to not have a worldview, to not claim Christ, to not allow God's Word to lead my life, to me would mean I would be... Um, very lost as a coach. Like yeah. I think I don't think I don't look at those two things as separate. I don't look at it like um, a professional coaching career, you know. Um, and then religion. I think that your convictions, your um, what's clearly written in God's Word, should fuel your interactions with the people you're coaching. Um, and in today's time, you know. Um, that we, we read scripture to the guys, um, and I'm so grateful that Macaulay is not just welcoming of that. They they urge it. They mm. our headmaster has um, has affirmed it, encouraged it for us to continue doing it. It's not like all oh, that thing you have going on that everybody's not sure of. It's not that way. It's um, it's been encouraged, but you know when I think like as a dad, um, Heath and Sadie need me to be pouring scripture into them on one hand, but they also need me to be teaching them the difference in foolishness and wisdom. And so for some of these guys we're coaching, and it's not just at Macaulay, it's everywhere, you're you're almost um, helping out with some of the things along the way that some of them never, they never had a daddy to talk to them about what it means to be on time. To talk to them about what it means to care more for the interests of others than their than their own 
interest, to talk to them about what it means to give great effort or to be disciplined or to do things in a sacrificial way. Um, so there's, there's both going on, and both are critical. Um, and, and using both the discipline um, of teaching them God's Word, but also teaching them character and the principles of God, God's Word and holding them accountable for those things, you know, um, that's going on alongside with the coaching at the same time, whether it's with football or it's with lacrosse. And out of all of that comes, you know, um, relational experiences, frustration, mm-hmm. anger. Um, sometimes I think they might say uh, hate <laughs> towards their coach in a moment when he's really challenging them to be their best. But that that mess of all of that is, in my opinion, the best place. It's the best mixture of ingredients for impact. Because what happens for a guy who gets in the middle of that, he at some point becomes vulnerable. He has to become vulnerable enough to listen. And if, from a worldly perspective, you only go that far and you just get them to listen to you to be a better weightlifter or to be better at sport, then I'm not fulfilling all that God's called me to do. Mm. So we would try to get them to that point, and then we would also use God's Word to try to speak into their life, to try to encourage them, to help them to understand how to think about the situation, not through their own eyes or in their flesh, but how the Lord would have them think about it. And that is such a, a long-ranging process. That is, that is not all the coaches that I work with, too. We have to remind each other often, like, this is something that's unfolding over time. I mean, 10 years of time. And mm-hmm. we're not owed. We're not owed the outcome. Like, I, I, in four years, I'm not owed that the young man is going to be able to reciprocate what's occurred in our interactions, you know, we're doing it in faith. We're trying to be mm-hmm. obedient to God, and we're, we're taking our leadership and our coaching responsibility, and we're doing it in faith with the, the hope and trust that God's going to use it in the way that He sees fit in a young man's life. Um, and, and that's messy um, because there's so many things that go into that. Kids' family lives, their... Um, just so many things. And so when I get it right is usually when I have stopped beforehand and asked God to clearly help. I, I don't have it in myself to do it. I think back about those days, and those are days that usually it feels like, man, today was an impactful day. The days that I go in there and I just try to make it happen or try to use my own em- emotion or, or energy it tends to fall short, you know, and um, we can have a room full of like 100 guys sometimes. So um, there's so many people from so many different places that have so many different needs. But if you just look at kind of how God has sequenced things in Scripture, He's called me as a dad to teach my son right from wrong. And as along the way to be pouring into him Scripture and teaching him about who Christ is and how to view the world. And so I really look at my coaching in that way. For a lot of guys, we might be on the front end of kind of the law (laughs) for a while, (laughs) you know, and that's okay um, because we're not going to give up on them. And as they as they're in there and they come around, we're we're going to help them understand why things kind of started with the law. And does that make sense? Like, yeah. yeah. 
like that there is a standard, helping a young man understand that there is a standard. And out of all of that, the frustration, the difficulty, the overcoming, the successes, there's great chances to um, pour Scripture into them. And um, we do it kind of on a big picture every day in a group. But and that's good, but it's probably most meaningful for a guy who's really struggling and you uh, come alongside him and, and affirm him or encourage him in a way or send him a message. or um, I just really, um, not, not to be down on any other profession, I just don't know that if there's another, that there's another um, more impactful um, profession than coaching and may, maybe even strength and conditioning in, in particular because – um, you got guys who come in there who they want to see their body change. They they want to feel different on the court or the field, and and they start to really think as they see that happening. They start to really believe that what you're doing with them is making it happen, and right. and so their their level of trust in you really goes up. And for yeah. a for a 15 to 19 year old to trust you in that way, that's um, that that's a great thing because. Um, if you don't stop there and just make it about the sport and you try to pour into them and encourage them and affirm them, um, it can become much deeper and a God-glorifying kind of relationship. Um, that doesn't happen with all of them. You don't all of them, you know, and you, you don't ever know who. So it always blows me away, someone who will call 10 years later and, and feel impacted. And, you, and I'll tell Brooke, man, I— that guy, I just, we had a hard time. Like, yeah, I thought he had for sure hated me. I, you know, sometimes I mistreated him. Yeah. Um, so. Wow, that's, that's incredible. Long answer. I'm thinking about what you said, not being owed an outcome. And I think that's a good part of a Christian worldview, whether you're in coaching or pastoring or teaching or whatever the profession is, parenting especially. You know, we're not owed an outcome. We're meant to plant and water and let God give the growth. And I think that's kind of freeing to us that, you know, the person's outcome before Christ isn't dependent upon us. We're just called to be faithful. We keep planting and watering and let God do his thing, you know, the way he's going to do it. Absolutely. That's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. I was highly encouraged about what you're saying, and, you know, especially as a teacher. Uh, I love that you, you didn't see, you know, career in your faith as two separate things. Mm -hmm. And I think you can apply that for, for any career that we're reliant on on God and His Spirit to lead us as we relate to others, whether you're in a leadership role or, or not. What we do day in and day out, even in the mundane, has eternal impact. And, and having that proper perspective that whatever it may be, whether you're coaching, what, what, you're, what you're doing, how you're relating to other people, it, it matters. So I think that's um, that's just great. What is your prayer for Concord? Uh, I guess that Concord would continue to be Concord. And what I mean by that is a church that doesn't waver from God's Word, where it's preached clearly, um, where it's well thought out, and all the contexts are clearly communicated, and um, that Concord will be guided by the Word as it has been since I've been involved, and not the other way around, where Concord starts to try to utilize the Word to guide a certain, you know, narrative or, or whatever. And um, I've always had incredible amount of respect 
for you, David, in your um, preparation because I can just, as someone, as a coach who spends a lot of time preparing, I can tell that you guard every word. I can tell that you pay attention to what's said and what's not said sometimes. Um, and it seems to me to always be just to do justice to what God's Word um, has to say and to honor the truth of it. Um, and so and some of the reason I say that is just in our current times where everyone feels such a pressure to bend and to change and to redefine um, I have been so encouraged at Concord that I have never, ever felt that. Not one time when I've been instructed here have I felt like God's Word has been made to bend around a life circumstance. I have always felt like God's Word has given direction to life's circumstances and and how we should view all of life and navigate. And So just continued pressing on would be my prayer. Yeah, amen. If you could be a spectator... Um, in any event of the Bible, what would be your top five? Um, well, we have sheep and goats, and um, we actually just got a miniature donkey and oh, well. a pony. Um, so probably the manger would be cool, like to see the animals around, um, to see Jesus there uh, would be really neat. Um when I go out to feed our animals in the morning or put them up at night, sometimes I can't help but think about just what that, I mean, walk through the, the muck and the mud to, to get them in their stall. And, um, you know, I think sometimes biblically we hear manger and maybe we, maybe we dress that up in our mind a little bit, yeah. but um, a stall is not a, it's not a, a glorious place to be born. And that would be cool to see. Um, Noah's Ark would, would have been awesome. Uh, to see and uh, I guess maybe increase my understanding or belief about how God orchestrated that to happen and all the animals to get on there and um, that would have been really great. Um, Jesus in the garden um, where the word talks about him sweating Mm -hmm. drops of blood um, not because I would enjoy seeing that but um, maybe even just as an adult, going back to where that location was sometime, um, or the crucifixions, somewhere like that. Um, because sometimes, like, you hear the Bible stories and you hear it at church, you know, but it was a real place with real people and, um, and real emotion and, you know, real strain and real pain and all. So just being there would be sobering and, um, you know, that would, that would be really awesome. Yeah. I don't know if that's five, but... I think, yeah, you're close enough. Okay. Um, If you could start your own podcast, just to kind of think about things that you're interested in, your hobbies, what would it be? Um, Well, I'm grateful that you do podcasts, but I would not do a podcast. Um, (laughs) Well, just what what do you you like to do for fun? um, I love to camp, be outside. Um, Coaching type things uh, would be um, something I would be interested in, but... Um, I like to be out, feel it, smell it, touch it, um, in the middle of it kind of thing. Um, and that's part of the reason why I said I probably wouldn't do a podcast is what I mean is I just, if I was going to do one about camping, I, w- I would probably rather be camping yeah. or rather yeah. be in the middle of coaching instead of doing one about that. Yeah. Um, so it would probably be one of those two areas, something outdoors, rafting, yeah. Cool. Something like that. Right on. Awesome. Well, well, thank you so much. Um, 
for doing this. I think you, you, you talked about a, a lot of things that I think a lot of people would be able to relate to and be encouraged by. Well, thank you, Sam. I appreciate it. Yeah, super encouraging. Thanks, Richard. Thank you, David. You want to close this out, David? Yeah. Father, thank you so much for your grace in Richard's life and how you pursued him through different people, speaking truth, and the way that you have brought him into a love for Jesus that has translated not just to something that he does on the weekends, but that's affected his parenting, his marriage, his coaching, and all of life. Lord, please help us to live gospel-shaped lives in this way. Grow us in this. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're encouraged. If you were, share this with somebody you know, and make sure to share your story as well. And we'll see you on the next episode.